are in Colossians 2, and where, where we last left off. Last week, um, we left off right at 9 and 10. Get my bifocal game going here. Um, in him, so Paul is talking about Jesus. In him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. So in Jesus, all of God, all that God is, the deity of God, is fully in Jesus bodily. And so there's no, there's no like, um, there's more to God that he held back. And he just, uh, you know, during the Passover, there's a section of the Passover meal where you say, by God's mighty hand, by God's mighty arm, he saved me. And you hold up your little finger. Everybody holds up their little finger. Because with God, all of God's might and all the works and all the plagues he did, he just did with his little finger. That was just the smallest little bit of God's power. Jesus is the fullness of all of God was happy. It says he was pleased to dwell in Jesus. In him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily. So that's you know one mind-blowing thing. That when Jesus walked the earth, that was fully, all of God was right there. And you have been filled in him. That when you believe in Jesus Christ, it's the only thing in the whole universe that's true just by believing it, right? As soon as you believe it, Jesus Christ lives in you. His life is in you. Now, as through, you see his character all in the Old Testament. You see his character, Jesus, in the New Testament. He doesn't take over. He's not a tyrant. He's not, you know, angry. He's not a, a, a conqueror. But he is in you. And he's available. But he still gives you freedom to be whatever you want to be and do whatever you want to do. But he is there. You have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. For two summers, I worked at the shoe carnival. And I was the mic man. And the first summer, I was the mic man annoying everybody into buying shoes. And we had hourly sales goals. Like some places have monthly or quarterly sales goals. Shoe carnival, it was hourly. And you'd get that when you went in the morning, you'd be on a spreadsheet and you would get a red, you had a red pen and a black pen. And at the end of every hour, like 12.05, you would get a report and it would say how you did the last hour. And if you made your hour, however much you made it over, you'd write with a black pen. You're like, okay, good. We're, you know, $500 over. Because it's going to get slow in the afternoon, and I'll need that $500 to carry me through that. Or if you were under, you would mark it in red. And then after about three or four hours through the day, the manager would come up. And he'd say, Danny, how's that going? And he'd look. And he could tell if it was red, right? He didn't care what the numbers were. If they were red, I was in trouble. Because I wasn't making my sales. And every once in a while, this didn't happen very often, but every once in a while, it would just be red, 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 fall festival. Red, 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 red. 
I didn't work there at the Fall Festival. But, uh, Freedom Festival. That's what it was. The Freedom Festival goes on. No way it was going. So he'd come up, you need to sell some shoes. So I was the mic man. And I had authority to mark down the prices of shoes. 20%. But I couldn't go beyond that. And then there's this whole other section of shoes that had a special secret sticker on them that I couldn't do anything to those. So I had these limitations. So, what, so I was at store number three. It was the biggest shoe carnival at the time. Manager comes up there. She's the general manager of the whole store. Sees all that red. Grabs that microphone out of my hand. All right, shoppers, listen. And he runs this deal that's like 25, 30% off. Like if you buy one pair of shoes, it's 25% off. You buy two pair of shoes, it's 30% off. And he's just like, and he doesn't even matter. It includes all these sale things. All the people go nuts. And they all go, and he's marking down. And he says, Danny, that's how you do it. And then he goes back to his office for another, you know, four hours. And I was so aggravated because I didn't have authority to go over 20%. And I couldn't touch any of these shoes that were in, they're all in the men's department, really, on this one wall. I didn't have authority to do that. But he, you know, trashed my profit margin for the day. And he just marked, marked, marked. He had authority that I didn't have. So what would have happened if I saw him coming... I saw all that red, and I was like, I gotta act quick. Shoppers, 50% off, all shoes. Whoa! He would have grabbed that mic away from me. He would have yelled at me, Danny, burp, 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 burp. That's how he always yelled at me. That was just. Um, I didn't have authority. He had authority, and he came and he used his authority that he had. Jesus isn't just an authority. It doesn't say here that Jesus is the authority, that Jesus is the boss. Notice it says, you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Jesus rules over everyone that rules. Whether they're bad or good. Whether they are good at their authority or whether they are using their rule correctly. Jesus is above that. And where's Jesus? Go back a few more lines. He's in you. So I don't have to like, you know, that guy goes back to his office. I don't have to think I'm a terrible person. I'm terrible. I didn't do a good job. I don't know what I'm doing. Because Christ who's in me is over that guy. The rules over him. This plays out in a lot of other ways that aren't as silly as a shoe carnival. This plays out where, you know, somebody does something really good and they do it a whole lot better than you. And you might envy and you might covet and you may be like, man, I feel like an idiot. But whatever role they're in, Christ is above them and Christ is in you. And draw your identity from that. Don't draw your identity from, you know, I'm not as good a web designer as that guy. I'm not as good a preacher as that guy. I'm not as good of a dad as that guy. You know what? Christ is over that guy. And Christ is in me. All of God is in Christ. Christ is in me. Whatever rule and authority, whatever rules over me, whatever has authority over me, 
Whatever seems to have rule over me, whatever seems to have authority over me, doesn't. Christ is in me. Then we've got this other section. We're going to go at 11. Colossians 2.11. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. By putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So we got to change what, what we read there. Circumcision to them was your sign that you are Jewish. Your sign of belonging. It's like your membership card. And if you had that, then you were in. This is what Paul gets really upset at. And Paul talks about this in the book of Romans. That circumcision in the flesh doesn't mean anything. It just means you got cut on. That's it. It doesn't change your soul. It's done in the flesh by people. It is not a spiritual thing. And that's what this is. So instead of circumcised, let's say made made a part of. In him also you were made a part with a making of an a part of a part made without hands. Like it wasn't done, nobody did anything. Nobody wrote your name in a book. Nobody stamped with the seal. God did it. You were buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. This whole section is all about you were you were grouped with Christ. You were put with Christ. You were put with Christ by God's power, not by man's power. Not even by man's power to baptize you or put water on you. There's a, a controversy. Somebody, you know, was celebrating a baptism. This guy that was terminally ill. And he was uh, on a walker. And he was standing up and they poured water over his head. And the, the church was celebrating it. And all these people came on there and they're like, you didn't immerse him. He wasn't immersed. Was he really baptized? And it was like, come on, people, let's, let's not worry about the tools and the function. You know, what was the temperature of the water? No. It was the fact that he was doing this thing to show outwardly the, the, his commitment to God and his faith. So don't get all caught up in what these guys were getting caught up in was how is the skin cut off? You know, the circumcision was done. Nowadays, we might get caught up in how is the water sprinkled? How is the water dunked? No, it's all done without hands. Made without hands, having buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Here's the point. This is, this is why all this matters. You who were dead in your trespasses... And the uncircumcision of your flesh, the not being a part of God in your flesh. You were dead in your trespasses. You were made alive together with him, having forgiven us all of our trespasses, forgiving all of our sins. 
by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. So, culturally speaking, this is all written, this is all translated literally so that we can know exactly what they said, but we really need to translate it culturally, right? Having been buried with him in your baptisms, you were raised to life in him. You were brought back from the dead. You were, you were as good as dead in your sinful life. Uh, I heard this great speaker last week. How many sins did you have to commit to need Jesus to die for you? Four? One? None. If you were born in sin, you're just a ticking time bomb waiting to go off. We were sold in our sin to Adam. It's not a matter of uh, if we can just raise this kid in this perfect environment and keep them from sinning, they'll make it. No. If the kid's born, if the kid's a human kid, they, they are... They're prone to sin. They're given over to sin. You who were dead in your trespasses were made alive together with Jesus. And he forgave us all of our trespasses. He forgave all of them forever. They are completely forgiven. They don't come back. There's no... Um, Jesus isn't going to find a secret thing somewhere that lists a sin that he forgot to forgive you for. He knows all of them and he forgave all of them. His death on the cross was complete. So here's a cool thing. He canceled the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. So in Greek culture in Paul's day, there were two ways, there are two sorts of debts that could be paid off. So let's say... I owe John $70. John says, I forgive you your $70. And I say, oh, thank you. So I get out the parchment where we wrote up this big long contract of me borrowing 70 bucks. No interest because it's against the law to do interest. So just clean 70. And John makes a big X on it. And he cancels it out and he signs the X. So now when I need to go borrow 50 bucks from Ed, I can say, so Ed, can I borrow 50 bucks? And Ed says, I don't know. I get out that scroll, I get out that document, and I go, look what John did. John loaned me 70, and I paid him back. And you can see John's big X on it and John's signature. So then Ed's going to be like, all right, I will loan you 50. Yeah, right? No interest. That was one word. There was another word for canceling debt where I go to John and I say, hey, John, uh, I can't pay you 70 bucks. Will you cancel my debt? And he says, yeah. And I hand him the scroll and he washes it under water and scrubs it all clean. And now we have this papyrus that's blank. And there's no evidence that I ever had a loan from John, ever. And then I can go ask Ed for 50 bucks and be like, hey. No. Why would I, I wouldn't want to do that, right? It's wiped clean. There's no evidence. I can reuse that. They would actually reuse it. That's how that would work. If you had a contract that was wiped clean, 
then um, you could use it for another contract and re reuse these things over and over. That's the word Paul uses here. So there's other, Paul knew these words. He had the vocabulary. He used it somewhere else for a, a different thing. But here he uses canceling the record of debt that stood against us. That God took that scroll that had all of your sins on it and he didn't, I mean, it's poetic. It would be moving, right? Because Jesus died on the cross. You could put a big cross on it, and there would be, this is like a picture that's going to hang up in the Christian bookstore, right? Over all my sin. But it's blank. He took my sin, and he washed it clean. He's like, here you go. Here's your life back. This is what happens when I, when I cancel debt. You were dead in your sin, and God made you alive together with him, having forgiven all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. See, the legal demands are, I have sinned, I have committed sin, and so I die. And I cannot be in the presence of God. No sin can be with God. There's no, um, the only time, the only time the devil is present with God is mentioned in Job really, really early where the devil is just one of the angels that comes before God, but there's no, um, there's no kindness between them. It's not a war. It's not, you know, like a movie or something that there's no, there's no goodness between them. And then when Jesus and the devil come in contact with each other in certain times, there's not a lot of conversation there. It's, I am here and I'm in charge, and you're going to come out of that man. You're going to come out of this person. Or the, the demons are shrieking, son of man, we know who you are. Have mercy on us. Don't throw us into the fire. You know, don't cast us into the abyss right now. Whoa. Jesus has done it. He has shown up with all of his power. And uh, he's done it for all of us. This he set aside and he nailed it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. That God, when Jesus died on the cross, he took whatever's going to shame us, which is ultimately the devil trying to bring shame on us, and destroyed it and just ruined ruined all of that. Um, he nailed it to the cross, right? What was the nailed to the cross? Jesus was nailed to the cross for us. That was our sin. And by doing that, he disarmed the rulers and authorities, which goes back. How much is Jesus over every ruler and authority? Jesus can disarm them. God, God can take away every weapon they have, which is ultimately sin and death, God takes away every weapon they have and he puts them to open shame. So there used to be a thing and everybody in Paul's day would know about it. When the Romans conquered a new area, they would have this huge parade and they would come back and everybody better get out on the street and cheer for the Romans. And everybody's cheering. And at the end, at the end of that parade would be all of the slaves that they had captured and the prisoners 
that they had captured from wherever they won, whatever, whoever the bad guys were, if the Romans were the good guys. And they would be at the end of the parade after all the horses and after all the mucky muck. And people would throw stuff at them and people would boo at them and put them to shame. And that was kind of like what the people's job was, is to come out and yell it and shame these. And sometimes people were really excited to do that. You know, if our country is always fighting with this country for centuries and centuries, and finally the Romans come, and well, yeah, the Romans beat us, but the Romans beat them next. And there they are. And then they bring our enemies, you know, we throw stuff at them. That's the image that this is. He disarmed the rulers and authorities, and he put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him, in Christ. All of these things God put to shame. So, therefore, let no one pass judgment on you because of all of that, because of Christ's authority in you, because Christ's power in you. What do we do? You know, like, how does this change my life? And that's what this next section is. Don't let anyone pass judgment on you in questions of food and drink or with regard to a festival or a new moon or a Sabbath. Don't let anybody judge you because you aren't religious enough. Don't let anybody judge you because to them, he's saying, because you ate pork or because you didn't show up to this religious festival or you didn't burn enough incense at this festival. Don't let people judge you with all of that stuff. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. The reality of every Jewish festival and of every Jewish law, belong, the, the substance of it belongs to Christ. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on asceticism. All right, what is asceticism? Asceticism is punishing yourself. So don't let anybody... Uh, don't let anybody disqualify you. Don't let anybody tell you and make you think that you aren't Christian enough or you aren't saved because you don't pray five hours a day. Because you don't fast. Because you don't whatever. Fill in the blank. Because that's asceticism. Asceticism is trying to get you to do stuff to deny yourself and make yourself miserable. Um, Throughout church history, there's been all kinds of mishaps of this because they people didn't always read the Bible. Uh, there were people that would kneel. We were talking about this at dinner uh, last week. Guys that would kneel on on raw rice because all that rice would dig into your knees to do penance, and you'd have to pray for five hours on raw rice or pray on the steps of the church in the snow because that's would really make you, you know for your sin or whatever, all these asceticism. There are guys that wear hair shirts or were just itchy shirts. So you would suffer all day long. Things to make yourself suffer. Don't do that. Let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and the worship of angels going on in detail about visions puffed up without reason by their sensuous mind. Um, you know, all of this, you, you hear that and you think, that's crazy. I have known people that told me that if I didn't know the name of my guardian angel, that I wasn't in peace in a right relationship with God. And I was like, you know what? That's not what the Bible says. 
I had a buddy that would actually say that to that person. That's a really good idea, but that's not what the Bible says. Don't get swept away. If, if there's all kinds of stuff on TV, there's all kinds of stuff in books. Um, you know, like like the heaven is for real big thing got really popular, and then it turned out it wasn't quite right and didn't really match up with Scripture. Don't get swept away by worship of angels or going on in detail about visions. In 1 Corinthians, it talks about visions, and visions are a thing. But you know what the purpose of visions are? To build up the church, to bring us closer to Jesus. That's the only purpose of vision. So the, uh, the guy that had to buy a jet or he would die, whatever, the, there was some preacher that he needed everybody to give him money or God was going to kill him. Like, that's not a vision from God. Visions. Don't, don't get puffed up. Going on. Puffed up without reason by his sensuous mind and not holding fast to the head which is Jesus, from which the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. All of this stuff goes back to Jesus, doesn't it? Don't be disqualified because you don't celebrate this holiday. Don't let anybody disqualify you because you don't fast nine times a week. Don't let anybody disqualify you because... They say that you have to know, you have to worship this angel, or you don't have visions, or you don't have, you know, this or that. Go back to Jesus. When, whenever I have a question about something spiritual, whenever I have a question about religion in general, I go back to the Gospels. Because I figure if it was important, Jesus would have talked about it. Right? Logical? Logical? And if it was important enough for Jesus to talk about it, they would have put it in here. And there's enough things in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that overlap that you know they're important because Matthew talked about it and Luke talked about it. Or Luke talked about it and Mark talked about it. Or John talked about it and then Paul refers to it or Peter refers to it. Go with those things. Stick with that. Uh, I had a, a buddy, and he tricked me one time. I had all these questions about spiritual gifts, and prophecy, and tongues, and healing. He's like, okay, I've got this good worksheet for you that will really help you out a lot. I was like, okay. Have I told? I've probably told the story before. So I take this worksheet, and he's like, go through all the scriptures on it. It really talks about spiritual gifts. So, man, I did it. And I made it my homework, and it took me like a week of every day, you know, filling out the blank, looking up all the scriptures. I get to the end, and he calls me on the phone. Did you do it? Yeah. What do you think? I said, you know what? I don't care about spiritual gifts. I just want to draw close to Jesus. I just love Jesus so much. I'll take, you know, whatever. Visions, healings, tongues, prophecy, fire coming out of my hands. I don't care. I just... I want to know Jesus. I said, wait a minute. Was this a trick? He said, yes. It all has to... Um, all these people are doing all this stuff. They're not holding fast to the head from which the whole body, nourished and knit together through its joints and ligaments, grows with a growth that is from God. If it doesn't focus 100% on Jesus, it's not all there. If with Christ you died to the elemental... This, Paul doesn't get as mad in Colossians as he does in Galatians. But this is the part where he starts to get mad. But he's older in Galatians. He's older in Colossians than he was in Galatians. 
If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the world, why, as if you were still alive in the world, do you submit to regulations? All right, so that's big words to say, if you died to the law in Christ, why are you still trying to follow a law? And he's getting, do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. Those all refer to things that perish as they are used. According to human precepts and teachings, these have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion and asceticism and severity to the body, but they are of no value in stopping the indulgence of the flesh. All right, slow that down. If you're free from the law, you got saved because you believed in Jesus, not because you jumped through a hoop or you climbed a 15-foot wall. So why are you still living by rules? All these rules apply to things that are going to fade, that are going to go away. We were at a truck stop yesterday, and they had all these hams hanging up, and like, like not refrigerated or anything, and they said they're salted And they're curing right now. So hurry up and eat it or it'll keep preserving and just become this hard salt brick. It's like, that's disgusting. Jewish food laws apply to things that aren't going to last. Like every single law, you know, don't eat that shellfish. Okay, if I think about eating it or not for like three days... There's no issue here. I'm not going to eat that. It's three-day-old shellfish. So Paul's saying, don't get wrapped up in a bunch of laws about stuff that's going to pass away. That's, 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 you know that's not going to last. They're all based on human precepts and teachings. Remember, the, the Jewish people had 1,500 laws about the Sabbath. They detailed which knot you could tie and which knots you couldn't tie. They, they have just rules and rules, human precepts, human precepts. Um, you can go down to Miami Beach, and there's this metal wire that goes past all of the Jewish properties in Miami Beach. And so that you can go to the beach and still be 50 feet from your property. Because that wire goes all the way from uh, Burkhart down the Lloyd right you get what I mean like that wire connects all the Jewish properties this is right now this is an ancient time right now uh, so that they can go to the beach on the Sabbath because you're not supposed to go further than so many feet from your home so they stay close to that wire and right there on the beach and they can swim those are man-made rules human precepts and teachings these indeed have an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-made religion I don't bowl. Bowling is evil. Bowling is of the devil. Okay? Now, if you hear, if I say that, I look really religious. I just really look like this very pious, holy person because I restrict myself from things. That's what he's talking about. I use a silly example. There's a bunch of stuff that we do and search your hearts to find those things that, that we inflict rules on other people and we inflict rules on ourselves. But Jesus would do it. Jesus would be right there bowling with a whole bunch. I mean, Jesus would probably be a pretty good bowler. He's a carpenter. I mean, he had, he worked with his arms. 
self-made. They promote self-made religion and asceticism. There's asceticism again. The whole, you should not do this. It's not religious. You're not religious enough if you do these things. And severity to the body. Oh, I'm so, you know, I'm so religious. I'm so holy. I do all of these things to my body. No, there's no value of stopping the indulgence of the flesh. The indulgence of the flesh is basically means doing things without God. I want this and I can ask God to give it to me. But I want it myself and I'm going to do it my own way. Even holy things, even religious things. I want to be, you know, I want to have a, a, a 60,000 member megachurch. And so I'm going to fast five times a week. And I'm going to put on Instagram, post pictures of myself fasting for my 50,000 member church. I'm still indulging my flesh. I'm still indulging my pride. I'm still doing something without God. That's what indulging the flesh is. Is to do something without Jesus doing it with me. Which all goes back to where we started. Right? God is in you. Jesus is in you. The fullness of God is in you. To do things with you. That's why he's there. He's there to do things with you. To use you as part of what his plan is. But he loves you and he gives you freedom. That if you want to do self-made religion and if you want to do asceticism and if you want to indulge your flesh by by doing all that he'll let you do it if you want to just say Jesus what are we doing today Jesus what do you want to do in me today with these people that I think are really not with it what do you want me to do what are you going to do with him today, Jesus? Are you going to use me as part of that? Because he's in you. And all of that turns into real religion. Not self-made, but happening while you're watching. And you'll actually be surprised. And um, had a guy come up to me one time, and he was talking, and he said, uh, I th- it kind of seems like God gave all of us over to sins just so he could have mercy on us. And that's a, a direct quote from Romans uh, 12. I said, you read Romans 12. He said, no, I'm just in Deuteronomy. That guy, just being with Jesus and growing in Jesus and, and looking for Jesus in the Bible, got an important section of Romans out of Deuteronomy because he was reading it with Jesus. And he was not... He was, uh, if he was working on a self-made religion, he was doing a really bad job. <laughs> Because I know myself and a lot of us would be uncomfortable around him just the way he was. But he was, I, I think he was really closer to it than we realized. Um, just really being with Jesus, not trying to self-make stuff, not trying to follow a law. All right, that's the end of Colossians 2. So let's pray. Lord, you are holy and awesome. Thank you so much for the way that you have completely forgiven our sins so that we no longer have to live by a law, by any kind of law, no self-made, ascetic law or anything. Thank you so much, Lord, for just this incredible love that you show that is unconditional 
and is fully paid for and is desiring that you are desiring to be with us every single moment. We love you so much, Lord, and we're so thankful to you. Amen.